Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the latest on Kevin McCarthy's bid for speaker. Number two, the state of play in the Senate. And number three, what's happening in that House whips race. All right, Jake, let's get into it. All eyes are on Kevin McCarthy um, as politicians on both sides of the aisle are continuing to process what happened uh, on election night and the fact that the red wave did not materialize as he had predicted. Um, we have some news in terms of kind of his strategy uh, as they as they try to kind of game out how he is going to win the speakership should Republicans take the majority in the House. Yes. Uh, one, one thing to note outside of this um, at the top of the, the newsletter this morning, Nancy, uh, House Democrats will have their leadership elections November 30th. So we will know in the next 20 days who's going to be running for House Democratic leader. Um, that is um, that's big. <laughs> um, now let's shift to McCarthy. Um, so McCarthy, as you noted, um, is uh, dealing with a difficult situation. In that he predicted a red wave, um, and so did his the many people around him, outside and inside, and the NRCC, etc. Um, and it didn't materialize, as you note, quite correctly. So, um, what does he do now? Now, the the House Republicans believe they're going to have somewhere around two hundred and twenty four to two hundred and twenty eight lawmakers in their conference. Um, you know, uh, that's. If they if they had said at the beginning of this cycle they were going to win 15 or so seats, this would be a good victory for them. Unfortunately, they said they were McCarthy said there were 70 seats in play. Um, uh, so like so it's a bit a little bit of a gap there. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's not exactly where they had planned it. Um, so so I I think um, that's part of the challenge here. So people are like, where did this go wrong? Kevin, uh, Republicans are saying that, but here's the challenge. Um, and I think this is important to note. And I think, you know, the house is basically, this is what a, a senior person to, to, uh, the leadership McCarthy, to, you know, in the, in the McCarthy orbit said to me last night, basically the house these days is 200 Democrats and 200 Republicans. And there are 35 seats that are up for grabs every cycle. And, and this is an oversimplification, but there's some truth to this, too. Um, so in this person's view, there's never going to be a big majority or very rarely going to be a big majority. So um, you're going to have conferences and caucuses where everybody is a king, right? You're going to have um, you're just going to have tight, tight, tight majorities every single time. And that's the reality that McCarthy's facing. Uh, you're going to have the Freedom Caucus and the mods with equal sway. And I think that's important to note. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually think it's a, a, a really important point, right? Because we spend so much time talking about and I think thinking about the House Freedom Caucus and how important the conservatives are and what concessions is McCarthy going to have to make in order to get their vote. But the moderates, should they, you know, kind of use their muscle and sway in a tight majority are going to have just as much power. Um, and so that is going to be something um, really, I think, interesting to watch. I think also just, you know, how he's a bill, how he's able to keep 
people calm, right? There's a lot of unrest right now in the Republican Party, a lot of questions about the future of, you know, former President Donald Trump. And McCarthy is going to have the task of make being the calming factor, being the leader, right? Getting people to organize behind him. That's going to be, this is going to be kind of that first test um, for him, I think, in this new role of how does he want his speakership to kind of be laid out? How does he want to be seen? Um, you know, and, and how does he handle the different factions of this, you know, likely very small majority? That's right. Let's talk about concessions. McCarthy has told me for months he doesn't want to be what he calls leveraged to um, for his for a vote for speaker. He doesn't want someone coming to him and say, if you do this, I'll support you for speaker. Not interested. Let's focus on one thing here. The motion to vacate. The motion to vacate is the is the process by which the House gets rid of a speaker. Nancy Pelosi changed that to only have a party leader bring it up. Anyone used to be able to. This is how John Boehner, this precipitated his downfall. Every Mark Meadows went to the floor, said he wanted to get rid of Boehner, and he and he forced a vote on it. The Freedom Caucus would like it to be back in that direction. Um, that's not going to happen. McCarthy's never going to go to it. Go for it. Um, because the, the why would he in a slim majority? Um, there's no reason for McCarthy to um, to allow anybody to trigger a vote on his leadership. So that's something he's not going to do. What he is going to do is he's going to empower committees more. He's going to get rid of the mags. He's going to get rid of remote voting. He's going to get rid of uh, committees meeting meeting remotely. More people are going to be in the Capitol. He's going to do things that conservative wants. Conservatives want. He's not going to go crazy on it. Um, he's not going to. He's not going to do everything that they want. And and he's basically going to say like, "I'm your guy. I'm the leader. I brought you to the majority. Now let me lead." We shall see. That's a to see how far he can stand up to them, and you know what do they actually end up pressing for? Um, you know, I think that's going to be the really interesting thing to watch. Let's move on to the Senate here, and the number two story of the morning. Um, wow. We still do not know uh, who is going to be in charge of the upper chamber. We have Arizona, Alaska, and Nevada counts coming in very slowly. Georgia now going to a runoff. Um, this is going to be a, a, a really just, you know, right now it just feels like it's something everybody's kind of watching super closely, particularly particularly in Arizona and Nevada, because um, the numbers are, are really close as the results trickle in. Yeah, I mean, we're, this is kind of, it's the rare situation um, where actually um, we were kind of just the, the conventional wisdom was mostly right. Right. This is going to be a um, uh, it's going to be down to it's going to be down to Georgia. I mean, in Nevada, it looks like um, Catherine Cortez Masto is cutting into Laxalt's lead Um and uh, that that's going to be important as you think about Nevada. Uh, we're not going to know Alaska until November 23rd, but Republicans are going to stay. Or it, it's going to stay in Republican hands. Um, Arizona looks like Mark Kelly is um, is in the lead at the moment um, against Blake Masters. That's going to go down. That's going to go down to the wire there. I mean, down to the wire. It's November 10th. Election day was two days ago. Um, so. Um, uh, conventional wisdom was right. It's all going to come down to Georgia. Uh, get your hotel rooms ready in Atlanta or all over the state for the next couple of weeks. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning, something that 
you have been covering extremely close, uh, much more so than maybe the, the rest of the press corps, the race for House GOP whip. Uh, it is extraordinarily competitive. And obviously that is between the NRCC chair, Tom Emmer, running against representatives Jim Banks, a Republican from Indiana, and Drew Ferguson, the Republican from Georgia. Uh, a lot of interesting cross currents here. Yeah. Um, so here's here's the uh, here's the vibe. Uh, number one, Tom Emmer's trying to make the case that he has had a good cycle of the NRCC. He had a fair cycle at the NRCC, got back the majority for the third time since 1954. Um, Jim Banks is trying to say he's the he could bridge the gap between uh, moderates and conservatives. He's a conservative. I don't know where he goes gets by saying that, but or where he gets the uh, the data by saying that he does have moderate support so that's why he that's why he says it drew ferguson's basically saying he's he's the man for the job because he has the most um he has the most juice let's say well, uh, the most experience uh, in the right? whip operation he has yes yeah, he has experience now we have a big list this morning from tom emmer uh tom emmer does have a huge cross-section of support he has uh, newly elected lawmakers. He has conservatives like um, Andy Biggs. He has moderates like Dave Joyce. He has he has a big support, a big level of support. It's the first time we're seeing his actual depth and breadth of support. It is quite impressive. I would say right now, based on what we know, not saying anything else, based on what we know, Banks and Emmer are probably the two strongest. Um, if they're at 224 in the House, they're going to need 113 to win. Um, that I can't imagine anyone wins on a first ballot. I just can't imagine it. Uh, we're going to stay on top of this because it's an incredibly important role. All right. Before we let you go, we have a number of events that are kicking off next week. Jake's going to be sitting down with Senator Mark Warner. We also have a conversation later in the month with Representative Susan Del Bene. We're going to be sitting down with Senator Roy Blunt for a really interesting conversation about the future of democracy as he uh, exits his life as a public servant. And um, some news here. Jake, you and I are both going to be sitting down with Representative Jason Smith, the Republican from Missouri, to talk about his role and the expectation that he will likely be the chair of the Ways and Means Committee and his priorities for the panel in 2023 in early December. You can check out the dates and details for all of those conversations at our events hub at punchbowl.news. Um, they will all be streaming as well if you can't make it in person, but really excited to kick off this last sprint of events here before the end of the year. With that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Leave us a rating and review. Share the Daily Punch. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.